Properties, default. Uh, USB audio device. All right, can you guys hear me now? Okay, something's moving. We hear Mike. All right. Can you hear this? Can you hear the music? How's that sound? Testing, testing. Did you hear the music? Okay. You know, every once in a while, OBS just likes to crap out and change audio settings for no apparent reason. But uh, yeah, <laughs> welcome everybody. It's been a fun minute, <laughs> but uh, it is four o'clock and change on Tuesday in the Eastern. So that means it's time for the Monster Maverick Show, our, our discussion about all things. <laughs> Great way to start. All things Splinterlands, markets, uh, updates, uh, all the rest of it. So yeah, that's always that's always fun when you have technical problems right out of the gate. Uh, anyway, yeah. okay. So Ron Ron is our producer extraordinaire. He always tests audio before the show. I haven't had a problem in like two months, but uh, you know I got to give Ag a, uh, a run for his money in in the worst DJ <laughs> competition, but he's still winning, so that's okay. Uh, OBS likes to reconfigure audio at random. See, I'm learning these things because you know I'm I'm fairly new to the whole, uh, to the whole, uh, OBS thing. So that is, that's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. But anyway, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting, uh, little while in, in the past week in Splinterlands. <laughs> Worst. Uh, yeah, so uh, a couple of housekeeping things just to, just to get, uh, out of the way. The, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff you can do with the Discord bot here. Uh, apparently, there's no worst command, but there is a next command where you can see the next show coming up. Uh, that's if the bot's working, and you know you can do you can register for different shows and all that kind of stuff. So this week, unlike the last two weeks, we actually have Scaredy Cat coming up afterwards. Uh, he's been traveling for for a couple of weeks, but now he's back and he's he'll have his Scaredy Cat <laughs> investment show uh, coming up. Uh, at the at the hour, so at five o'clock Eastern, and um, you know, also just a reminder, you can you can watch us on MSPWaves.com. You can watch us on Threespeak. You can watch us on Theta. Uh, what's the other one? Vim, and then uh, you know, there's also the replays, which are on YouTube and in podcasts on Spotify. We're on the Google Podcast uh, Store now, Podcast Network, whatever it's called, uh, Anchor. So, you know, plenty of ways to get the lowdown on the weekly Splinterlands juice. So that's all the housekeeping stuff. And, uh, you know, we're doing okay. So everything's working, uh, except for the Discord bot, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's check it out. So a couple, couple different things that has happened in the past week. So number one is... New rewards cards and collection power update. That's this guy. Now let me switch my screen here. So for those who do watch the recording or are watching the live stream, you can actually see the what I'm looking at. 
And uh, basically, you know, we got two two new rewards cards right out the gate. And uh, they're both legendaries, and that's because, you know, we had the discrepancy in legendary claims on the rewards cards and, and the rest because of potions that were automatically being used up for, for rewards cards and are no longer being used up for rewards cards. So uh, we got the fillers for the two that, that went off the list, which... Uh, was uh what was it let's see zalran and kraken yes so the, those two legendaries expired and now we have the lich the ancient lich which is a dragon tank or no sorry dragon uh resurrector and void and and such um and then we have the robo dragon knight this is the dragon tank which is nice. I mean, it's it's very expensive mana-wise, obviously. We got 11 mana. Uh, but, you know, for those high mana matches, I think he's probably going to do better than, uh, you know, the old Chromatic Dragon. Or, or anything like that. So, it's, uh, it's exciting to get some refreshers on dragons. It's been a while since we've had anything uh, added there. But, um, you know, the Lich, he's got... Um, you know, at max level, he's got six health, no shields, or no no armor, sorry. Uh, he's got uh, one speed, so he's good for the slow for the slow matches. He's got uh, three magic attack all throughout. And then he's got uh, life leech, void, and resurrect at, at the high levels. So that is actually not bad. So, you know, it's good to have a slow resurrect just so that, you know, somebody, you know, the other... Um, the other cards go first, and then if something dies, you can resurrect. Uh, then, uh, rather than waiting to the next turn, uh, the life leech, you know, is probably going to be a back of the line sort of thing. So, uh, with with magic attack and void, um, you know, it'll probably have a net positive, um, net positive um, leeching. So, you know, even even if there is a magic reflect. So, I mean, I imagine that that health getting up pretty high in those dragon match uh, games. Uh, on the Robo Dragon Knight, you know, at max level, he's got five melee attack, three speed, uh, eight, she uh, eight armor, ten health, void, uh, divine shield, piercing, return fire, and magic reflect. So that is quite a lot, and that's why it's eleven mana because you know, all things being equal, you know, the mana uh, is the uh, total point value of the of the card. So having 11 mana on a legendary is basically as high as we can get. Um, so I expect to see a lot of Robo Dragon Knight. And if you look on the market, you can see already. Oh, it's a Death Lich? It's not a dragon? Ah. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> ah. Sometimes, you know, my colorblindness gets to me. But. Uh, <laughs> Let's see what our legendaries are doing, just on the regulars. Uh, so yeah, so you can see that Robo Dragon Knight is already at the top of the heap for uh, for reward legendaries. This is the bottom of the heap. So Ancient Lich is doing okay, uh, you know, ahead of you know Bila, ahead of Grog. Uh, even Kraken, which is out of print now, uh, Lich is doing better. 
so speed doesn't matter when resurrecting. Is that right? I guess that is right. Now that I think about it. That's right, if the speed matters on heals, on tank heal. But whatever the case. Uh, you know, so the market likes them, uh, especially the Robo Dragon Knight, obviously. Now, what tends to happen with all the new cards, whether it's rewards cards or promo editions or whatever, uh, then, you know, the, the prices tend to start high because the limited supply then come down. So, you know, don't expect uh, the Robo Dragon Knight to stay high forever. But you'll have. Uh, it will have a, uh, a bit of a window here if you have some and are looking to sell. And if you want to buy, you know, it might be better off just to wait a little bit. Uh, but those are the new rewards cards. More importantly for, the, for this particular post is Collection Power Phase 2. So what they've done is they have released the initial threshold requirements uh, for Collection Powers for the different tiers, different tiers and different leagues, which is kind of a critical thing. So basically, you know, very little to start, you know, bronze, bronze three is actually zero. Bronze two is 1000, uh, the collection power, you know, which is of course pretty much equivalent to the burn value of your deck. And then it goes up from there. So, you know, I was looking at taking a look at my accounts that I'm playing on deck 404, which we might start to open up a little bit here uh, because now that we have these numbers. So a bunch of my accounts are, you know, that are what I consider silver level accounts that have, you know, level five commons, level four rares, three epics, two legendaries. A lot of them are hovering around the you know, 40 to 65,000 range, and that would put them, you know, in the silver two uh, kind of kind of range. So, you know, I might want to bump those up a little bit uh, to 70,000 at least, just so I can get it to silver one. And, uh, you know, that's, that's accomplished pretty easily by, you know, delegating a gold card or two, or maybe three. Uh, but, you know, it's important, you know, if you are if you are playing a whole lot of decks one way or the other, it's it's important to take a look at these because, you know, going September 1st is when they're planning to implement this, which is at the end of this upcoming season. So, you know, the distribution of rewards is going to change dramatically because, at least for now, the rewards levels aren't changing. Uh, they will change in the future once they have a better handle on everything. But, um, you know, if you want to get that, if you're near one of those breakpoints, like... Um, so, you know, golds are 100,000, and then diamonds is 250, and then champions 500. So, and then from champion 1, 2, 3, it's all, all the same, uh, which is kind of interesting. So, you know, the, the accounts that I have that use gold accounts are, you know, are, they use gold foil cards are way above any of these uh, requirements. So, you know, I'm looking at one uh, that it has, you know, it has four splinters, and it's got... Um, it's got gold level five, you know, so like silver level golds, silver league level gold foils. And, you know, they're at like 688,000 for, uh, for a collection power. So, you know, those are, those are well and above, um, you know, where, where they can maximize, you know, their, their rewards. And 
some of my uh, max level regular foils, you know, are at like the 800,000, 900,000 million kind of collection power. So, you know, those are well and above again. So, you know, if you're, if you are running multiple decks, uh, which a lot of people do, you know, it might be, might be time to look at those and rebalance, um, you know, the ones, you know, that are near those breakpoints. So the question becomes, what is going to happen? Um, you know, so we have all these like very low level kind of uh, accounts that are either level ones across the board where they have one splinter and level ones on the rest uh, and are and are able under the current system to get up into the, you know, diamond and champion uh, leagues and get those get those higher level rewards. So if it's if it's a matter of five hundred thousand, you know, that would be basically if you if you rented three gold foil legendaries, either alpha or promos, then that'd do it. Right. So the question is, how many of those accounts are going to be renting uh, those cards or, you know, whatever master account, you know, buying cards and then delegating? Are they going to be, you know, competing in those higher leagues anyway? So if they do, the, um, you know, their ROI will go down a bit, but not hugely because it's not that expensive to rent, you know, gold foil legendaries. Because uh, nobody else rents them. So, I mean, if we look at, at uh, let's say, Alpha, Gold, Legendaries. Uh, so, like, Lord of Darkness. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> here's just the first one. Let's look at... We got, uh, you know, one either 1 1.5 cents per day or 15 cents per day. You know, either way, it's cheap. You know, so you need three of those to to get a level one kind of account up into champion three, then that's not a big deal. You know, the ROI is still there for the farming. So at least for now, right? So that will create a, um, you know, check promo. All right, I'll check promo. So here's Lord of Fire. Lord of Fire, eh, it's a little bit more expensive. 15 and 50 cents. And what's an unpopular one? Let's try Red Dragon. Uh, 20 cents a day. Uh, there's one that's for 2 cents a day. Uh, let's see, if we look at Minotaur Warlord. What do we got? Oh, there's only one available. So the point is, this is doable, right? So, you know, we'll have to kind of wait and see to see how much, how many of those accounts do take advantage of the cheap uh, golds and, and cheap, um, cheap uh, rentals of, available and, you know, bump up their accounts to the higher leagues uh, and to get those higher level rewards. Uh, so I'm kind of curious. Uh, one thing I don't know is like, so if you have the collection power, and uh, do you start off in Champion 3, let's say, for, if you have 500,000? Or do you have to still battle your way up? Um, I'm not exactly clear on that. We'll find out in a couple weeks. But if you start there, then it's, uh, uh, then it's just, you know, play one battle and you're done, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, Gerber says 150,000 collection power for 15 cents. That's right. That's, that's not a lot of money. Um, you know, ideally this will 
this will there will be a, a you know a, obviously a marketplace effect, and you know those rents will go up to some kind of to reduce that arbitrage, um, but you know it's it's a wait and see at the moment, you know. So my idea for the for the post collection power uh, rankings is that uh, so one the the rewards within each tier. Uh, so like bronze one, bronze two, bronze three, those are all different tiers within the bronze league. Each different tier will have its own uh, uh, distribution of rewards. So at the top, you know, you get max amount of rewards for that tier, and then it, it you know, graduates downward uh, for the, for the um, rest of the players. But that's combined with the fact that the, you know, the, the ELO modified ELO ranking system is just not working so what i would do instead is actually just basically operate it as a two-week tournament where um you know you have an overall win-loss and you know the tie-breaking calculations come into effect that uh try to measure the basically strength of of your schedule there so that would uh that would mitigate the kind of you know, rewards for just playing lots of games and instead it would shift more emphasis to beating better people and if we do that then i think um you know we have a lot more flexibility because at that point you know your level one account even if it has the three gold uh gold foil rentals to get into that champion league won't be able to place well within that two-week tournament so they won't get a whole lot of rewards and I think that's that's a much sounder way. And Gerber's saying that he thinks also uh, average Dark Energy Crystal rewards per game can go up in higher leagues. And, you know, that's certainly a possibility. So uh, by restructuring everything as a two-week tournament for the season, then and then having those graduated rewards uh, within that tournament structure, then I think uh, it makes a lot more sense. And let's, so let's say you're in Champion 3 uh, or Diamond 3 or whatever, and you reach the top, it's like, well, do you want to move forward to the next, uh, to the next uh, league, assuming you have the collection power, or do you want to stay where you are at the top of your heap? Uh, because, you know, you'd be, you'd be starting at the bottom of any particular new league. So I, I think that would work a lot better. Obviously, I have not done all the math behind that uh, because, you know, it would all depend on how the rewards are, are distributed. So I, th I think it could be structured so that uh, it makes a lot more sense to compete strongly in the league that you have the cards for rather than just trying to get to the highest league. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's my suggestion anyway. Uh, but we'll see how it all shakes out. Is that September 1st, which is, what, two weeks away from, uh, right now? A little bit less, maybe. Uh, then we are going to get the the minimum collection powers and uh, I've got to <laughs> I've got to distribute some more uh, cards around because like I've got one account that has a million uh, collection power and another account that has 5,000 so <laughs> I need to distribute those more evenly to see uh, uh, my maximum efficiency and uh, you know uh, a year ago when I was doing lots of uh, rental accounts I was I was still seeing maximum um, maximum returns in the silver leagues rather than gold or, or diamond and I expect that to still be true and that was when you know before we had this whole issue with with the inflation and the accounts getting into champion 
So uh, I, I think we'll go back to that kind of system where we're still, we're still that sweet spot of cost of, of cards versus uh, rewards. Uh, but, you know, we'll still we'll have to we'll have to see how it all shakes out and, and what those more uh, farming type accounts do in response. Um, but uh, I am I'm optimistic that it's going to work out decently well. So still, I think it'd be better with a two-week tournament rather than a numerical ranking system uh, or an ELO ranking system. Uh, so we got that. Uh, a fun little thing that that came in was uh, they're doing a little promo here, uh, which is always good to see. You know, so there's some new card called new game called Piggerix. Uh, has anyone in the audience played this? I, I have not. Um, but they've, they've started their game and uh, doing a little Splitterlands promotion. Uh, so if you buy some packs, you know, like, uh, you know, 10 to 24 packs, you get a level one something, <laughs> a, a promo code uh, for a piggy pair. Uh, if you buy up to 100, you get level three piggy pair. And if you buy over 100, you get a piggy family, level four. So, uh, you know, I'm always all for, you know, more games on the blockchain. And hopefully this will be a, uh, a fun little, a fun little uh, addition to the family that is, you know, uh, Splinterlands and D-City and uh, Crypto Brewmaster and, and all the rest of them. So uh, if anybody has, has played this game at all, you know, let me know in chat how it is, uh, if it's any fun. Because, uh, you know, although I don't have any time, it might be, <laughs> it might be fun to check out. So Paco Limited has some piggies for sale. All right. So I don't know anything about the game, like I said. Uh, so I don't know how what the premise is or anything. But, uh, you know, I'll probably check it out uh, in a little bit. Ron's asking who makes it. I don't know. Let's check. Let's just go to uh, Piggerix. Piggerix.com. And see what, the, uh, see what the story is. And Monster Maverick. Oops. Okay, so Yasik has played two battles, toss the pigs, bank. I don't even understand what that is supposed to supposed to, <laughs> supposed to do. So Piggerix is a game played with piggies. Collect pigs with the best attributes in your piggery and get rewards for skillful use of piggies in games with other players. Pigs get experience when they win. More experience leads to higher levels. More wins leads to better attributes. Uh, okay, so that doesn't really tell me how to play or anything, but okay. Well, you know, I'll check it out uh, a bit later, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So, uh, I came across a fun tweet <laughs> a couple days ago. So, it's from DapRadar, and they posted the uh, share of blockchain games as daily activity split by blockchain and this is this is the picture there so does anybody notice anything interesting about this chart we've got wax we've got tron we've got eos we've got ethereum we've got steam and hive so <laughs> uh so biz is ugly is is upset that they're ugly pigs and not cute cats but you know Biz wants everything to be cats. So, so yeah. So EOS has the largest market share, uh, with around forty percent, and thirty percent is Hive. 
So what I find the most fascinating about this chart, though, is that little step function that you see uh, right between the M and the J on, on the right-hand uh, side of that axis. So uh, that step function is June, uh, June 1st or July 1st, whatever it was, uh, when Splinterland switched from Steam to Hive. And basically all the Steam activity just got obliterated and the Hive activity just took its entire place. So, you know, uh, once again showing that uh, Splinterlands is the, uh, the number one, uh, the, well, the number one app, but also the, the number one gaming app. Uh, <laughs> the, the total adds up to 100% Scaredy Cat. That's, that's how that works. It's a stack chart. So uh, Ethereum has had its market share, you know, slaughtered by, uh, uh, mostly by EOS, but partially by, by, by Hive as well. And I'm not even sure what games are still running on Steam. Maybe Next Colony. Um, I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So so Steam slash Hive is one game wonder. Yeah, a little bit of that. You know, we do have D City. We've got uh, uh, we've got other other games, but you know, Splinterlands is is by far the the largest chunk of that. And uh, oh, Biz likes things more than just cats. We've got you know foxes and koalas and dogs and otters and whatever. But okay. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, I just found this, found this chart really interesting. So, you know, EOS, if we go to DAP Radar, we can see that, uh, we can see, it's not a dumb layout, it's a stack chart. <laughs> we go to the rankings, which I haven't checked out in a while. Uh, we go to games. So, we've got prospectors. Oh, Drug Wars is still on Steam. That's interesting. Um... I don't know they left and they came back, left, you know, but I guess they're back on Steam. Uh, we got some games on Thundercore, which I've never heard of. Uh, a couple games on Tron, Wax Tycoon, and yeah, not a whole lot on EOS, actually. The, the biggest one is um, Prospectors, and that's also on, on Wax. So, let's see. Uh, huh. I think they might be playing games with their chart here because if you actually refine it by by EOS, <laughs> then uh, there's not a whole lot of activity here. Mm. Are they counting wax as part of EOS? I don't know. Um, but yeah, Splinterlands number one again. <laughs> you know, it it is fun to say that you know you have all this stuff is like oh yeah I got. I'm number one whale on the number one app on blockchain, so that's that's fun. Uh, but yeah, I just found that tweet really interesting. Uh, uh, questions about the chart aside, just that you know, basically Steam was was just dropped off a cliff uh, when Splinter when Splinterlands moved over to Hive. You know, it's fun. It's a little bit gratifying to see, I think, uh, despite the fact that you know a lot of the Korean players are unhappy about the whole thing. Uh, because of, well, the external politics between Steam and Hive. Um, still, it's, it's nice to see that the game uh, works, uh, you know, is number one, basically. Um, I did get this, <laughs> this message uh, from, uh, uh, about uh, Beta Burner. Let me paste this into 
chat. So, you know, this is the an update for, for the beta burner initiative, which is trying to burn uh, betas. I'm, I'm still not entirely sure why they're trying to burn betas. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in fact, it says, if you're not sure about this, read this article. So why burn beta cards? As the game progresses more and more, I feel like older editions are starting to become a little neglected by the power creep. And I originally thought that I'd burn alpha cards, but since alpha can be converted to beta, I decided burning beta might be more benefit might benefit more investors. And the purpose of this experiment is purely to try to increase the value of alpha and beta cards. So, yeah, uh, they are uh, they are burning you know forty seven dollars you know fifty five thousand dark energy crystals worth. And, you know, that's, yeah, I get making more value, more valuable of this, but, but just why? Because, you know, most of them are well above burn rates anyways. So, um, so yeah, it's just a, a, a curious thing. And, you know, they take the rewards from these posts and they take donations and all that kind of stuff. And they turn around, they buy cars on the market, thus raising the price slightly and then burning them, which then decreases supply to, to raise prices later on. Uh, so, you know, it's an interesting idea and, uh, we got, this, this little update. Um, let's see, compared to last time, let's see what their last post was. So the last post, they had 40,000 Dark Energy Crystals burned and $35 worth of burning. So they progressed 12 bucks, which is which is uh, okay, you know, for three weeks of, you know, just um, very passive kind of thing. And speaking of making little amounts of money, <laughs> uh, People are complaining in Mavericks that beta can't be used in enough tournaments. Maybe this is protest. That's possible. Uh, and that is, I think that's a valid criticism. You know, if you go to the tournament listings, and let's see, you can say untamed, alpha, alpha beta promo. So that's, oh, that's J69's thing. Um, we got, you know, all editions in, in bronze blunderbuss. We got untamed, alpha only, untamed, untamed. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's definitely a minority of tournaments where you can, where you can use betas. Uh, so let's see, out of, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, thir out of 13 tournaments, you can use them in 1, 2, 3, 4, so 4 out of 13. Uh, 4 out of 13 is a good bit less than half. Um, so, you know, maybe that's just, you know, where we are in the cycle and Agrid hasn't updated with more tournaments. That's possible. I'm not going to dig into it too much. Uh, but, you know, people who have a lot of money in Untamed, I mean, it's, it's everybody, everybody's the same. Everybody talks their book. So, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever benefits them the most is what they, what they, uh, are complaining about, basically. Um. And that's, that's nothing unique to Splinterlands, it's nothing unique to crypto, it's nothing unique to anything. Just everybody does that, uh, whether you're talking markets or not. Like when, when Scaredy Cat and I get on our Leo Finance roundtables, you know, we're, we're interested in the things that, you know, we're in. So <laughs> that's, that's what, uh, that's what, yeah, everybody does. So yeah, I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at the upcoming tournaments here. And... Uh, Crypto Reaper says, play some piggies yesterday after getting a free one. Cool that they had the promotion, but the game is not for me. Yeah, good to know. I will check it out. Uh, I doubt it's another D-City, uh, but, you know, could be. Um, 
so yeah, so beta burner is continuing and uh, related to the whole um, the whole making small amounts of money, which is what I was the segue I was trying to make uh, was there was a new player in the deck markets. So um, I have a new account and it's called Crystal King. Yeah, yeah, you need factoring past expired, whatever. Okay. Um, and what it is, is if you guys saw the uh, announcement, uh, I think it was on Agrid's account, where um, he was talking about market-making contracts, I set one up. So I... Uh, D-Swap is coming. Pal Town Hall. Uh, market Maker Smart Contract is live. This, this is the one. So that's the post that he made um, five days ago, and the um, the stuff works. So I I, I staked what was it twelve hundred or no I staked yeah I staked twelve hundred B uh, to get my premium level and I paid another two hundred B so it's fourteen hundred all in and I put up a bunch of swap hive and I put up a bunch of dark energy crystals and now I am buying and selling on the dark energy crystal market automatically. So, you know, this is this is a market maker uh, kind of, uh, you know, they call it a smart contract. I don't know if that's exactly right. It's, it's, a, it's a bot that works, you know. And, <laughs> you know, I, I paid those fees, you know, in the B and everything to, to enable that functionality. So... I guess it's a smart contract in the crypto sense in that, you know, I, you know, put in uh, crypto and I got out transactions. So that's true. But um, I guess it's not really what I think of when I think of a smart contract. But maybe that's my own technical limitation. Uh, point is, it places or, or attempts to place uh, a buy and a sell, uh, you know, at the interior of the market at all times and maintaining, you know, there's different parameters uh, that, you, that you have to play with. Um, yeah, and maintaining that spread. So when people buy uh, dark energy crystals, you know, I sell to them. And when people sell dark energy crystals, I buy from them. And, you know, it's a swap.hive and dark energy crystals going back and forth all day long. So, uh, you know, I don't know how many transactions I've made today because I'm not going to keep track of, at that level. But, you know, I started with with 2,000 swap.hive and I, and I started with 1 million dark energy crystals. So right now I have... Uh, you can see on the screen, I've got 1984.08, plus inside the order, I've got uh, 200 hive. So that's uh, 2184 uh, swap that hive. And I have uh, 867, 447.56. Dark Energy Crystals plus whatever's locked up inside the order, which is 54178.49. Okay, so I'm I'm up 184 swap.hive and I'm down um, 79,000, whatever that is. Uh, 78,374. Uh, dark energy crystals. So, at the current market price, what does that mean? Uh, so, let's do Hive USD. I don't even know what Hive is trading at. 
uh, US dollar Bitrix is 26.5 cents. All right. Times 184 minus 7374 times uh, whatever the price of deck is at the moment is 0 0.0062. <laughs> Black magic, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm up uh, 16 cents. <laughs> Which is not a lot. But it's only been running for eight hours. So that's that's pretty fun. Uh, so let's assume that goes for 365 days. So now I'm at like a 18% uh, annualized return. Which is, you know, not great, but not terrible. Uh, and, you know, for, for market making... You know, it's it's just little transactions all the time, uh, which again, if you've watched the Leo Finance Roundtable, is kind of my trading methodology lately. I'm all about those base hits, just over and over and over again with high probability uh, wins. So, you know, the uh, uh, you know the profits will fluctuate. You know, if there's a run on the market, that's kind of an issue with this uh, with this market making contract, and the. Um, and the uh, there are updates coming. Uh, at least that's what I'm told uh, by the by the devs. So you know, right now it's just place an order, place a buy order, place a sell order. Uh, that's a little bit limiting and a little bit lacking in sophistication for a market maker. Uh, you know, uh, to account for those runs, you need some some volatility uh, bands where you know as runs begin, you expand your uh, your your book. Uh, or at least the spread of your book, so that you know you can you can absorb more of those runs rather than just selling out immediately. Uh, counted in eighteen percent profit, two weeks breaks. <laughs> so, so yeah. So if it breaks in two weeks, that that will lower my my profit. Uh, that is certainly true. Hopefully, that won't be too much of an issue. But you know, software is is you know a fickle beast, and Hive Engine does have a. Uh, uh, penchant for breaking, so that is something to to keep an eye out for. Uh, what I'm more interested in, uh, so deck is a, is actually a pretty liquid market. Uh, you know, if you look at the depth, you can see that uh, you know there's a lot of a lot of orders on the buys and the sells. So uh, and it actually looks better on the on the Leo decks. Gerber um, <laughs> says, I think there's a break every two weeks for two weeks. So yeah. We'll see. Uh, for now, I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic, let's say. Uh, so, you know, for, for Dark Energy Crystals, because it's a liquid market already, uh, there's lots of players, uh, lots of accounts buying and selling frequently. It's not as much of an... It's not, it's not a market in as much of a need of a market maker. Um, it helps, you know, anything to add liquidity so that, you know, people who are selling cards can then turn around and have a buyer for their Dark Energy Crystals that they want to sell and to get in to swap that hive. So that is, uh, that is you know, attractive. Um, oh, yeah, if you're not premium, then, then yeah, there is a, there's a built-in cooldown. Yeah, I barely even looked at that because I went to the premium. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that would be difficult. <laughs> uh, but what I'm what I'm actually a lot more interested in, assuming that this works out, is making a pair in swap that BTC, because you know I think there's a lot 
Well, I mean, if you look at the if you look at the pair, uh, where did it go? I'll just type it in. Swap dot btc. You know, the there's not enough uh, people uh, placing orders or, or offering, and the spreads are just insane. So, uh, you know, th that's a good candidate for a uh, for a uh, for a market maker. Because, you know, the market maker fills the gaps and then, you know, provides, uh, enables that liquidity. Because when Swap.BTC or, or BTCP back on Steam Engine originally became a thing, I was actually pretty excited. Because that means, so I can get my rewards from, from a post, whether I cash out through Liquid or just, you know, uh, uh, or take my power downs or whatever. And then I can sell into BTC and then ch transfer off Steam Engine or off Hive Engine onto my Bitcoin wallet. You know, I use Exodus primarily. So, um, so that is, that is a lot more attractive to me. I think that's, that's a service that the Hive community needs uh, quite desperately. And Gerber saying, make a thousand Dark Energy Crystal NFT traded to swap BTC, done. I'm not following that at all. <laughs> uh, the market maker doesn't work on NFTs, only on fungible tokens by the way. Um, so, yeah, I don't, so you're, you're the NFT master. I don't even know how you would make a thousand Dark Energy Crystal NFT. But, uh, but regardless, the, you know, the ability for people to cash out from Hive, which is what a lot of people do, um, I think would be pretty attractive. And, you know, for myself, I'd like to be able to change my my hive into Bitcoin without having to go through the whole, uh, you know, putting it to an exchange, hoping that the wallet is working and not down for maintenance like Bitrix has been quite a bit lately, and then trading for Bitcoin and then paying whatever fees there and then taking those uh, those Bitcoin to my to my wallet. Uh, so I'd much rather do it on the Dex. I'd much rather do it uh, with you know a little bit lower in fees. You know, so the the main problem with Hive Engine is the one percent in and out. Uh, you know, with, with swap.hive, you know, bswap usually has pretty good liquidity these days. And, um, then, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, so you can, you can get into hive engine for, um, for a quarter of a percent instead of 1%. And then, uh, or, you know, you could sell cards, um, also very simple, uh, so, you know, there's lots of ways to get stuff onto Hive Engine. And then, you know, if there's a Bitcoin out, uh, then that's that's a lot more attractive, um, you know, for I think for everybody. So that that's my that's my next goal uh, to have, you know, thousand uh, dollars on each side, something like that uh, of a market maker for for Bitcoin. And I think we need to get a little bit better of uh, strategy, you know, for the for the smart contract bot. Uh, just because the, you know, Bitcoin to Hive actually has a reference price that we can look up, you know, in the outside world, you know, with exchanges and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, Gerber, I can't understand you and talk at the same time. So, <laughs> so I will have to get back to you on on the NFT idea and how that pegging to, to Dark Energy Crystal works. Because uh, at the moment, no idea. Okay. So, point is, um, the, 
you know, it's cool. Things are happening. You know, DeFi, you know, the, the buzzword of the day is is happening on on Hive, which is pretty exciting. Um, you know, DeFi is one thing and DTalk is another. Uh, so Splinterlands has, or Splinter Talk has finally made the move. Uh, Agro finally got around to it, which is nice. And splintertalk.io. I actually haven't checked it since the migration, but this is the actual uh, Nitrous instance, uh, Splinter Talk, uh, that is the tribe, uh, tribe, what do you call it? Uh, you know, front end. And... You know, it seems to actually be working now. So if you looked at Splitter Talk a week ago, it was all in Korean because it was all on Steam and basically the only people left on Steam are the Koreans. And uh, so now we have, you know, the actual players that we see, you know, in the leaderboards. We've got uh, Splinter Lore, uh, which is one of the company, the team accounts. We've got Clove 71. We've got, oh, the Splinterns have a post. Backpacking Monk, uh, Kevin Lee, uh, Mariana Emilia, you know, She's actually really good. Um, I've run into her a couple times and I've generally lost. <laughs> so, yeah. So all those SBT tokens that you have are now usable on Hive, which is nice. We're getting everything consolidated from the migration onto Hive. Uh, nice little update from the Agmaster. Uh, other thing I wanted to hit on was the A-Bay. It wasn't as info-packed as last week uh, from Agro. But uh, the main thing is, you know, new player experience is being worked on. Ooh, that's way too big. So we've got kind of like an overlay here. And let's reset that. You can see how, you know, there's the game in the background and then the, the overlay will come on and you'll click through and it'll, it'll take you through, you know, winning a match or playing a match at, at any rate. Um, so that's, that's pretty exciting because as we all know, users is the name of the game. So. Without users, we have nothing. Uh, so user growth is the priority. Uh, and then that's, you know, that's going to be on... Actually, there is... Was it down here? Yeah, so the roadmap that they published in the in the uh, Collection Power update was nice. You know, so we've got Asmari Dice, August 2020. It's probably going to end up being beginning of September. You know, just knowing how these things go. Uh collection power phase two which we're talking about beginning of, of september and then collection power phase three league leaderboards is you know probably a month or two months after that and you know they're going to be submitting the mobile app uh to the google play and integrating eos and wombat wallet all that stuff in another month or so and we're getting in-game management so in the next in the next two months uh a lot of a lot of updates which uh, i think will be Will be good and hopefully the the new player experience here will be fine-tuned enough that they can turn on the marketing so new player experience uh you know fixed quote-unquote fixed uh collection power leaderboards and uh google app so those three elements if those work then theoretically the marketing machine can turn on and you know agrid has talked about uh you know, he wants a positive ROAS, uh, which is a return on ad spend, and or said another way, self-liquidating offers, so that, you know, they get their money back from the ad, uh, uh, the money spent on ads, and then they can just, you know, churn that over and over again. So, you know, we could be, 
let's see, it's middle of August right now, so let's call it Christmas. Uh, that could be possibly, you know, uh, a large influx of players, which would be fantastic. Um, so, you know, the game's doing well. You know, somebody asked a question about, you know, credits and whether anybody used them or not. And they said, you know, some these, somebody or you know, people collectively bought $5,000 worth of credits the other day. Um, market makers for deck are coming. That's right. They are because they're here uh, starting today. Uh, revenue's up, you know, games and accounts and everything tripled. So, you know, things are going. But we're on a we're on a we're on a three x pace rather than a twenty x pace. So uh, you know we want to have that kind of quantum leap in, in user growth in order to support all these new cards like the Asmari dice and like uh, you know the Untamed and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully that will work, and I'm I th I think they'll pull it off. It's you know it's been slower than obviously anybody would like, but that's just kind of the way things go. So, um, you know, uh, at the end of the last show, I teased a little bit <laughs> about how uh, there is probably going to be a way to to do some card staking, and you know, we're we're not we're not anywhere near releasing any information, but uh, I just want people to know that there is there is a way that uh, that is going to happen. So, um, keep your ears out for that. And otherwise, uh, let's just do a quick, quick run through with the user stats. Uh, we got Hive Data, dot space. That's Rafalski's site. Always a good way to go. Uh, let's let's zoom out a little bit. Let's do. Let's do just look at the year, twenty twenty, which has been quite a year. <laughs> Uh, so battles are up, you know, we get the spikiness with the, um, with the season ends. You know, I'm kind of curious to see how that will shift, if any, uh, with the collection power. Um, because, you know, it, depending on how it's implemented, you won't be able to go from, you know, some low rank up to, up to champion one uh, very quickly. But, uh, again, it depends on implementation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, purchases, uh, let's just look at, look at booster packs. You know, it gets kind of skewed uh, a bit there. I believe that was the uh, Halfling promo. And people have been talking more about promos, which I like to see, because, you know, I, I've said it several times now that I would love to see a more, less printed promo kind of cards and you know the team has talked about how they want to do like four promos a year like a, like a spring a summer a fall and a winter kind of thing and those promos might not be cards but they might but just something right so uh just adding a little bit of uniqueness rainy was talking about how you know we've been around you know this is the this will be the third christmas i guess and so if if they had done one promo each time you could have like a, a snowman and a santa claus and a reindeer or something uh, and that'd be fun, just to have a little bit of, of the uniqueness. And, you know, and if they're cards, uh, they don't even have to be cards, but if they were, then obviously the more unique the decks are, then the more uh, interesting and fun the game is. So, uh, you know, with the lands, you know, we're going to get that second layer of, of spells and items. So hopefully that will that will work and that will add to that, that complexity. But uh, I think... Uh, you know, that's just 
that's that's one way to do it. But you know, you know, having having more types of cards and fewer accounts would kind of square that relationship. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's just my take. Obviously, more work for the team, which they have enough to do. <laughs> but uh, it is, I think it'd be, I think it'd be good. So, as far as delegating goes, you know, this is where we are going to see those gold cards um, start popping up because, you know, the rental is actually just a delegation function with a separate, you know, payment structure behind it. Uh, uh, as far as I know, uh, Peak Monsters is still the only ones that have rentals. Uh, check Monster Market real quick. Uh, I don't, I don't use Monster Market very often, uh, but. Um, Let's see, uh, confirm, tools, cost estimator, market history, shop. Uh, yeah, so I'm not seeing anything. Team share, team share is cool. Um, you know, that's basically, uh, well, no accounts are available right now, but it's, it's basically uh, what we're gonna be having with deck 404, where, you know, player plays and they split the rewards between the player and the owner. And, uh, yeah, I don't see any... Oh, here we go. Uh, it's not on the nav bar, it's on the icon. So, yeah, no, uh, no rental functionality here that I see anyways. So, you know, we thought a little bit about making our own uh, rental market. Um, and we might do that for the, for the golds uh, that we have, like with Deck 101. Incidentally, Deck 101 is burning a ton of cards. <laughs> so we are doing our part for raising the price of rewards cards by limiting supply. And, you know, ever since we had that rewards change that, you know, the cards are actually cut down by, you know, two-thirds. But even so, there are plenty of cards that are basically right at burn. Uh, like Serpentine Mystic gets burned all the time. Uh, Gremlin Blaster gets burned all the time. Uh, Baby Unicorn gets burned all the time. So... You know, those numbers are, are dwindling uh, as fast as we can make them. And if we, um, if we look at Kyokiz's, uh list here uh, of the rewards cards, you can see that, um, like for Baby Unicorn, 65,922 BCX have been burned. And, uh, you know, we've got to be a good part of that. <laughs> I haven't done the math. But uh, I've burned, I don't know, uh, at least 10,000 BCX uh, baby unicorns. <laughs> so, you know, even so, the, uh, <laughs> yes, we're killing baby unicorns. That's right. That's what I said. Or we are burning the cards called baby unicorns. One of those two things. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're getting just decimated. And so, you know, hopefully, eventually... You know, when they run out of their print, you know, they're at 75% right now when they when they hit their print limit. Because, um, you know, it's an okay card. Uh, it's common. You know, it, uh, it um, has strengthened, which is nice. And it's got one other ability, I think. Let me see if we can find it here. Uh, but, you know, I, I've used it. I think, I think it has a, a divine shield. Uh, let's see. Let's just do all... Oh, there we go. So oh, it's got swiftness and divine shield at the higher levels. So you know it's it's okay. Um, 
but you know there's just too many of them and it's it's like a niche card so there's just not enough players to absorb it so the price drops and uh but once it gets out of print once we have more players and once we've burned all the ones we burned then theoretically the price should rise so you know we'll see how that all works but point is deck 101 is doing our part so this is my plug this is the the end of the show plug where you know if you have those cards and you're selling them for you know anything less than 10 percent over the 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 burn rate then you might as well just send them to us because you know after fees and after waiting and everything you're you're uh you know you're better off just liquidating the card and, and getting the one percent bonus from deck 101 and you know that's that's on top of the the people who are really active in the markets uh like uh like deck market and um uh, coronavirus that you know they they really go after those sniping opportunities where like the price of deck rises and you know people keep their price constant in u.s dollars so they're able to get them for below burn value and they arbitrage those to us and you know we're happy to do it so uh you know just just in general if you are looking at at selling cards then you know you want to you want to consider how much overburn am i getting and after fees because you got to remember pretty much all the markets you know you're taking five percent so just things to keep in mind and uh we are about out of time here it's 458 and coming up next we got scaredy cat guide he has his scaredy cat investor show which where he talks about charts and crypto and stocks and you know you throw him a ticker and he will put it on the screen to see uh to see what he sees and then uh the key thing with with scaredy cat is you gotta listen to what he says and not follow what he does right <laughs> uh that's just a uh, uh an inside uh, little witticism there but anyway uh thank you all for for hanging out with me and we'll see you again next week same time same channel